Welcome to the Recharge Your Life podcast with me, Dr. Carrie Ulrich and Kelly Gunther. We are thrilled to talk to people who have made a decision that recharged their lives. Often, they pushed themselves out of their comfort zone and took risks. We want to know about that decision point, why did they make that decision, and most importantly, how can we learn from them? Kelly and I are passionate HR professionals, and together we co-founded our HR consulting firm, Abracci Group. We have talked to amazing people throughout our careers and listened to them as they made decisions that changed their lives and knew that these inspirational stories would help others. And why did we call it Recharge? It's based on a book I co-authored called The Way of the HR Warrior. And in it, we have a leadership model, Charge, which stands for courage, humility, accuracy, resiliency, goal-oriented, and exemplary. We know that people used one or more of these qualities to help them make their decisions, and we want to learn from them. Now, sit back, listen, and be inspired by these stories, and then do something to recharge your life. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. It's Kelly. We're so honored to have Nick Novicki as our special guest. Nick is a comedian, actor, and producer that's performed on six continents, including several tours through Armed Forces Entertainment, where he performed for troops. His television credits include Boardwalk Empire, The Good Doctor, The Sopranos, Loudermilk, Alone Together, Gotham Comedy Live, Jack in Triumph, The Neighbors, Austin and Alley, Private Practice, and Drop Dead Diva. He's appeared in several movies, including Life Happens, November Rule, The Last Five Years, Boston Girls, Breaking Wind, Dead Ant, and the upcoming Hipsters, Gangsters, Aliens, and Geeks. He's the founder and director of the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge, and he's a board member of Easter Seals Southern California. So Nick, thank you so much for being part of our podcast. We like to always start our podcast by asking, what show, podcast, book, or blog do you go to when you want to push yourself and expand your thinking? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is This is such a cool opportunity to talk to you and and to your audience in terms of a, a book podcast or you know I one I gotta say my wife uh, is amazing so I trust her taste a lot of times <laughs> I, I love when she's uh, passionate about something and I feel like we have so much similar taste so I end up kind of uh, following her her guiding points on uh, different things that I should be watching or listening but also I'm friends with so many uh, journalists and uh, people with disabilities that are kind of changing the landscape to create more opportunities for people with disabilities and entertainment, uh, as well as just people that, that, you know, are always posting interesting things. So I, I look to social media a lot of times for uh, stories and, hey, check out this podcast or this article. Thank you, Nick. Um, again, welcome. I echo Kelly's. Thank you for uh, joining us on this podcast. I was thinking, though, I, I wish we could get people who've accomplished something, Nick. Uh, you've done nothing, it appears. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God, is Kelly ever going to stop? She's like, and this and this. I was like, this is awesome. And I have to give uh, two shouts out. One, to Drop Dead Diva. I love that show. Uh, it was so much fun. I have to go back and watch it and check out when you were on it. It was such a fun show to work on. And Josh Berman, uh, the creator of that show, is just such a great guy. And it was uh, really a great experience, Uh, a fun story with that show is actually 
I played kind of like a kid lawyer and I'm defending my mom and it's a whole episode about me and I'm playing like a 17 year old and okay. I was pushing 30 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the magic of TV and film. Yeah, you never yes. know uh, what it is in reality. Yeah, so I love, wasn't it the Manchurian Candidate where Angela Lansbury played the, the guy's mom and she was only like a few years older, something like that. Like there's always <laughs> exactly. these great stories of I'm playing your mother 20 years older, but I'm actually five years older or younger or whatever. So, but uh, shout out to Drop Dead Diva if the, if anyone hasn't watched it, it's a good show. And then who doesn't love a guest who shouts out his wife immediately and says ah. she's amazing? Yeah. Well, you know, the uh, in the times we're living where we're both uh, sharing workspace. And yeah. your wife may just come in while you're recording a podcast. You better uh, give her a <laughs> shout out. <laughs> I love that. It, well, Valentine's Day will uh, have just passed, I think, when this airs. Yeah. And so that's a good Valentine's Day gift, too. Of, Hun, listen to what I just said to, about you. You're amazing. Um, she, she really, I will say one more time, my wife really just has such great taste in terms of like articles or if we're uh, taking a long road trip. She's like, I, I heard about this. Uh, great podcast episode. Let's listen to it. And, you know, I'm just like, you're right. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of those ones? Like, how do they, do you like the ones that pull on your heartstrings or the, or like deep entertainment since you're in the business or comedians or kind of what, or true crime? Like, what are those that, that pull on now, your You know, I'm, I'm more, um, more interested in kind of, for me, I love like biopic movies. So I love, uh, for podcasts, I love kind of hearing people, um, how they, you know, accomplish something. I'm, mm. I'm, I'm more into that versus pop culture or, you know, I'm not a crime person just because I'm, <laughs> I, it's not my, uh, kind of entertainment. I'm more, I like positive stuff and, you know, kind of, Fun, but so I like hearing how people uh, accomplish things. And Mark Maron's WTF, I love. Yeah. Um, Dak Shepard's got a great podcast, which I love. Uh, so those those are kind of more my lane. L- listening to how people create stuff and yeah, I was gonna say, what are some of maybe the top couple things that come to your mind when you've what you've learned from listening to some of those. You're like, oh, I'm going to, because you're such a creator. So how have you maybe integrated a couple of their ideas that you've heard about? Well, I try to, uh, I try not to get too much in the weeds of how other people uh, did things, mm-hmm. because I think the problem is you need to, you need to separate yourself. I mean, I think we're living in a time where it's so easy to compare yourself to somebody else, especially in the entertainment industry. You're like, this guy's on this TV show. I better get that TV show, you know? (laughs) So I I think for me, uh, what I love about, you know, uh, Mark Maron's podcast, and I love listening to Dak Shepard and, you know, Alec Baldwin had a great uh, podcast, Here's the Thing. And for me, I, I love listening to people that are sort of, you know, that have been in the business, whether it's entertainment or something else for 50, 60 mm-hmm. years, and, you know, that just have this, you know, uh, you know, what was it like, you know, in the 70s or 80s? Or how, how did it, uh, how did you get started? And I, and I love just hearing things like that, those little details uh, versus, you know, it's also interesting hearing how somebody, um, you know, ended up having success in, in modern times. But to me, I... I just kind of love hearing um, about sort of those trailblazers and how they were able to to make headway in their careers and really change the world. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of changing the world, you're doing that with Easter seals. So I look forward to that podcast when you're on that talking about Easter seals. And, but you said something that is quite profound and it was, you said it very quickly, but it wasn't, it was don't compare yourself to other people. And especially like you said, entertainment, it's very easy. And now, especially with social media to say, Oh, look at what they have. Look yeah, I mean look it's it's, look it's uh it's a it's a weird time we're in where mm-hmm. it's you know there's such an amazing amount of information out there and the ability to market yourself has never been easier. Um so you know these social platforms have opened it up to where you can get yourself out there, you can be, you know, anywhere in the world and be working and furthering your career in entertainment or a fortune 500 company or a product that you want to sell. But with that comes the other uh, (laughs) side of it where you're like, Oh no, I don't have as many followers as this person. I didn't get as many (laughs) likes or uh, I'm not on that TV show or I didn't make this much revenue. So I think it is, you know, it's hard to uh, separate yourself, but I think Mm -hmm. that that's really important because Mm -hmm. it's going to drive you crazy. um, You know, and, and I think it's it's really not what the platforms were designed for, um, but <laughs> it's it's something that you, you just it, you need. It's a balancing act that I think yes. um, you know. I know I'm always coming to terms with, and I think many people are. Yes, I I hear you on that balancing act because as much as I tell myself intellectually they're different, don't compare yourself, Carrie, or don't you know, and you still see it. And to your point of how many people are attending that webinar and only this many people are attending ours or, you know, Uh even the podcast, how many people have downloaded? Oh, like with all that data, it's great to have all that data. And to, like you said, you could be everywhere, but at the same time, then you see everything. (laughs) And right. And you're like, Oh, Oh, so they're having a great, Oh, they got the, Oh, so you really do have to, there's a part that can push you a little bit, right? Make you a little competitive and say, good, I want that too. Let me, let me strive. Uh, and then there's the, it's, then it can be debilitating because you, all you're doing is comparing the likes and things like that. So thank you, Nick, for that. I'll ask you the main question now. See, we could go, this is what Kelly and I do, Nick. We go off and then <laughs> we're like, we do have three main questions here on this podcast. Yeah. So the main question is, what is the decision that you made that changed the trajectory of your life? And what are those charge qualities that you use to help you make that decision? Well, one, I feel like I'm making uh, new decisions all the time. <laughs> so it's uh, if you ask me this question uh, 10 years ago, there'd be a different answer. And probably 10 years from now, there may be a different answer. So I think I'm open to... Um, finding new opportunities. But in terms of overall, what was the biggest decision I made? You know, I went to school for business. So I double majored in marketing and entrepreneurship. And I graduated with honors and had a lot of big, you know, job offers for, you know, finance companies and big fortune 500 companies. And ultimately, I decided to take my career in my own hands and follow my dream and be a comedian and an actor (laughs) as a little person in New York, kind of struggling through uh, living with the roommates and kind of just throwing myself out there. And it was tough, but it it ended up paying off for me. Um, You know, to date, I've been in 50 TV shows and movies, gotten the chance to work with Martin Scorsese, the Farley Brothers. 
but really early on in my career, I realized, look, I'm three foot 10. So yeah. no one's going to just write the roles I want to mm-hmm. play for me or create this. So I need to be in charge of my own career. I need to write. I need to learn how to produce. I need to learn how to direct. I need to learn how to find people to help me uh, accomplish stuff, which usually would take a very large budget and do it for almost nothing and use my skills, which are really that I'm good at connecting other people and kind of selling what what I uh, believe in or my project. And so I would be able to be like, look, this this great project and I, I have a, a bank and we get this million dollar bank for free. And so you need to film this. And we get this great actress and she was in, a, you know, this actor is Academy Award nominated, you know. And so I, I think that was really my talent in bringing people together and getting them to believe in my vision. And, and that was pretty much through uh, entertainment and, and, you know, that ultimately has led to a lot of opportunities for me. And so I would say the next big kind of uh, thing, decision that uh, I made, which didn't really feel like a big decision at the time, but I decided to come up with the Disability Film Challenge, Mm. which is a weekend film competition where you need somebody with a disability in front of or behind the camera. And it's creating a film that's three to five minutes in length based on an assigned genre. And the reason behind it was, I said, look, I've gotten all these opportunities for myself by creating my own work. And I looked around and I was like, why aren't other people with disabilities creating their own projects? It's led to all these jobs for me. And if you talk about disability as a whole, one in four Americans has a disability. There's 61 million Americans with disabilities, yet we're seen in less than 2% of film and TV projects, even less behind the camera. And even though we're this huge market of people with billions of dollars of spending power and we're the most underrepresented. So I said, let me just come up with this crazy idea. I'll do a disability film challenge. It's going to be a way for my friends with disabilities that I, that I think are talented, that just you know haven't had as many opportunities as I think they should have to create films. So that first film challenge happened and it went amazing. And people were like, this is like a life-changing event that happened to me. And I was like, life-changing event, you know? And, and they're like, when's the next one? I was like, we just had it. It was this last weekend. What do you mean the next one? And so I saw something there and, you know, it started year one with Dell as a sponsor and just kind of snowballed year after year. I got more sponsors and more mentors, including Peter Farley, who's an Oscar winning director that came on as a mentor and so we just kept growing more and more with more sponsors in the entertainment industry, SAG-AFTRA, uh, Viacom CBS. And, uh, you know, year four, I partnered with Easter Seals Southern California. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Easter Seals is the nation's largest disability services organization. They've been around for 100 years, changing the way people view disability. And so, you know, now to date, We have had hundreds of films created, countless success stories. People are getting hired in front of and behind the camera with disabilities. And, you know, that all really came from just this idea and then, you know, executing the idea, but but also bringing other people in. And so in in a lot of sense, the film challenge has been uh, a community effort. It's been people with disabilities in the entertainment industry it's been celebrities and it's been very large companies that realize that there is a need for more disability inclusion. And so everybody has kind of gotten together 
um, to to really further disability inclusion. And I'm honored that that has happened through the film challenge in many ways. Yeah, I, I want to talk about the the disability in the film challenge, but I want to go back to the the first decisions that you were talking about. Of you majored in communication and marketing. You uh, have job offers from all these very, I would assume, stable, consistent paycheck. Yeah. Uh, what you were companies in the world. Right. <laughs> huge companies are coming at you. And you decide at the young age of in your 20s, I'm sure, early 20s, mm-hmm. saying, nah, you know what seems way better? Comedian. <laughs> that seems like, let's hear is a stable paycheck, insurance, all this stuff. And then you're like, let's do comedian. What was that? Was it in you for a while? Or like, how did that decision, like, how were you really nervous about it? Or did you feel like, no, I got this? Or tell me about that decision right there. You know, well, people can't see me. Uh, Maybe you saw a photo of me. So I'm a little person. um, So I guess I should probably throw that (laughs) out there in case people are like, what is this disability tie-in? So I've actually been raising money for Little People of America and doing public speaking since I was a kid. So I used to do these uh, speeches for Rotary Clubs, you know, starting at, I don't know, seven years old or eight or somewhere around there. And I would always open with a joke, you know, and I would, you know, about, you know, the podium was was too high. And so you couldn't see me. And so I would I would address that and make everybody laugh because I realized if I made everybody laugh, then they would listen. And so I've always used comedy to my advantage. And, you know, I, I believe in breaking the ice, you know, um, I think, honestly, one of my best skills is, is, uh, taking tension away, you know, and, and kind of defusing, uh, (laughs) situations. Uh, and I think as a little person, I, that was something I always did, whether it was on a school bus in the classroom. And that was kind of just an instinctual thing that, you know, was a part of my life. So when I got to be 18 years old, um, freshman year in college, I went by a comedy club. Um, I got made fun of with a a girlfriend I was dating and she was like kind of horrified of the whole situation. The comedian was making fun of us. And I was like, I want to go back there the next week and do it from my, you know, tell my point of view. So I got on stage and it was like I had been doing stand-up since I was seven because I was already speaking in front of groups. I already was doing a joke to break the ice. So it was a very natural transition to start doing comedy. And so actually that was my freshman year in college and I was already being paid to do stand-up. So when I graduated uh, college, I was already a professional comedian. So Mm. it wasn't like I was starting brand new um, I was already being paid and flown around the country to do stand up. So, um, you know, honestly, you know, the, the job offers I had were, were, uh, for a lot more money, you know, for, yeah. you know, some of the top five companies in the country, you know, one of those, you know, I ended up doing a private, uh, up show for CFOs and CEOs of, you know, very large companies that was related to Harvard Business School. And so those <laughs> CEOs and CFOs. I, I'm like, that could sounds like the driest audience ever, but keep going. Sorry. <laughs> you know, the show went well. Exactly. So that, you know, this is probably some of the most high network people in the country. Yeah. And, 
you know, there's 30 people in the room and, you know, billions of dollars of, uh, you know, so (laughs) it went well. And so, you know, there were people that wanted me to work for them because they liked the way that I worked the room. And, uh, you know, so it was a big decision to, to, to not take, um, you know, some of those job offers. Um, but it also just, it just didn't feel like something I wanted to do in my heart. I was like, look, follow the dream and, uh, you know, and, and, and that's where you're supposed to be. Yeah. And what I really appreciate when I heard you speak before, and that's why Kelly and I were so excited that you came on this podcast is you really talk about, and this is where we get into the the disability challenge and being in charge of your own career. Mm -hmm. And so I think for a lot of people who maybe don't quite fit into the cis male hetero (laughs) business world, white, Mm -hmm. right? Um, A lot of them, like Kelly and I, we go out on our own and, and you kind of take charge of your own career. And that's one of the reasons that I just really wanted to hear your story because you've done that. And you're like, you know what? Disability. I remember when I studied in college, we talked about disability being the largest quote unquote minority group back at the time, right? Because it is the biggest group and yet ignored consistently completely ignored. People don't realize that you said it was 60 million, 61 million people. People don't realize that at all. And so for you to start and just say, you know what, I'm going to be in charge of the career. What kind of qualities did that, did that take? Was it an, like a, an easy path for you to say, no, I'm going to be in charge of it. I'm going to do this, like developing the Easter seals, or did you start it and you're a good risk taker? And you started it and then all of a sudden it came, it kind of came together or what are your thoughts on starting the disability challenge? Yeah. So the, the disability film challenge, I mean, really throughout my life, I look at it like, look, I'm three foot 10. So I've almost been an entrepreneur my entire life Mm. just by survival. So, you know, when I can't reach a sink in a bathroom, I'm going to figure out how to flip a trash can on its side and stand on that trash can and pull myself into the sink. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think I'm pretty good at finding solutions and just starting things and knowing that I'll be able to figure it out as I go, um, which is scary to some people, but kind of the way I've lived my life always. Yeah. So that's the way I went into it with the entertainment industry, both in my career, where I was like, look, I'm just going to start to produce stuff. And who cares, even if no one sees it, mm-hmm. you know, some short films and feature films were seen by almost nobody and some a lot more. And, you know, I, I sold them, but pieces of those films have uh, enabled me to, uh, to get bigger opportunities. You know, uh, you know, the fact that I was able to play a gangster helped me when, you know, Boardwalk Empire was out there, then there was real of me as a gangster. But, you know, the fact that I was able to do that really enabled um, me to get those other opportunities. And the same thing with the film challenge, I was just like, look, I'm just going to start this disability film challenge. Here's my business plan. Here's what it is. Here's what the prizes are. Here's the mentors I have. Here's the platforms. Here's the uh, film festival that will screen the winners. And I just know it's it's a good thing I'm going to do it. And it started small that first year. I think the biggest problem that a lot of people have, um, definitely in the entertainment industry, is they're not realistic about starting mm. point. You know, they want to, to go right to, well, all the films are going to play at Sundance and, <laughs> you know, you're, everyone's going to make a million dollars and I'm going to be paid a million dollars. So I think it's, 
you know, it's, it's realizing that things will scale, um, in time, but being okay with, uh, failing mm-hmm. <laughs> initially, not failing, but letting things no, be it's a, true. A slow, uh, grow, you know, and, and I've had a lot of other things too, that have also not gone well. So I think anybody that kind of creates their own things <laughs> has had some things not go well. Um, there's very few just Elon Musk's where, Every single thing he's created has turned into like the biggest company in the world. Right, you know, right. you, you end up kind of having a batting average where there's a couple where you're like, oh, well, that one idea was, uh, you know, oh, it was good, but not as good as this or, you know. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, the film challenge, honestly, it was it was also just that I had created it uh, at a, at the perfect time where, you know, when I created the Disability Film Challenge eight years ago, nobody was really talking uh, about disability representation. This was before the Oscars So White movement, before mm-hmm. Me Too, uh, before a lot of these other kind of uh, cultural changes had been happening in, in the country. And, you know, I was already a couple years into this film challenge, and we had already had uh, TED Talks created and people working and you know, we were a force on the film festival circuit. So, you know, really, uh, you know, by the time I had partnered with Easter Sales Southern California, we were already really changing uh, people's careers and, and making an impact uh, for a lot of people with disabilities. Uh, and then obviously uh, that partnership with Easter Sales, you know, having such a large organization that's, you know, been helping people with disabilities for 100 years really helped bring it to the next level. Mm-hmm. I, you, when when you were talking about the the turning over the trash can, all I could think of was necessity is the mother of invention, right? Isn't that the <laughs> isn't that the way, right? And because because you are then forced to really again create your own create your own film festival, figure out how to get to the sink, like you were talking about. And one of the charge qualities that that really to me pulls through what you're doing is this humility, because you talked about early on the. Easter Seals would help the p- other people who might not be as entrepreneurial or connected as you um, with disabilities to get into, you know, to get more involved in the industry and be seen. And there's a lot of humility to try to pull everyone with you instead of just going, hey, it's the next show. I got it. I'm in mm-hmm. all this stuff. I'm good. I'm going to make more money um, and have a bigger house. Right. And mm-hmm. instead you're like, no, let me, I don't mind a bigger house, but let me also bring, yeah, I'll take a bigger house. house. I mean, I'll take it. It's fine. But that's not your sole purpose. Your sole purpose is uh, let me help all the other people that I know who are very talented, who might not be able to get in front of people the way you've been able to. And so I think you've already talked about a couple of things about taking it slow. You're not going to you know, reach a million followers in a day or in business, you're not going to get in, you know, angel investors in, in one day, perhaps, and not being afraid to let things fail like a batting average. What other actions or things could our listeners take to help them when they're making decisions and, and doing maybe some different things in their life and following their, their path and their dreams like you have? Well, I think the biggest thing, if you want to be in the entertainment industry or really any industry is, is setting realistic goals. Um, I think the film challenge, why it has made such a huge impact and why people with disabilities, you know, have gotten more opportunities through the film challenge than I think anything else in the entertainment industry ever is because 
we give you these these guidelines where it's, hey, you just have to register. Go to disabilityfilmchallenge.com. You need to register. And then we're going to send you the prompts and you have to create it during this deadline. So at the end of that weekend, people have a completed film. So the biggest hurdle for most creatives is actually uh, finishing something, is turning mm-hmm. something in, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think people have unrealistic sort of expectations a lot of times about, hey, I'm, I, I don't want to do it until I'm paid a million dollars or until, mm-hmm. um, you know, we get this big actor or that big, you know, angel investor, you know? And, and I think to the flip side is, People want to see what you're doing now. You know, I think uh, right now, even even outside the entertainment industry, uh, a lot of companies want to see, hey, w- what is your business? What what are you doing? And sure, you're, there are angel investors out there, but you know, you know, when you watch the social network, I mean, you know that that you know whole process. It, you know, Facebook was going for a while before the mm-hmm. money came in. It was already uh, out there in the world. So I think the more you can create on your own. Uh, the better. Uh, don't wait for people. I, I really, that's the biggest thing I always encourage people, you know, just, just start creating. If it's, if you want to be an actor, you've got to continue acting. You've got to, you know, there's so many things on YouTube. There's ways for you to be working on scenes. The same thing. If you're a writer, you got to just keep writing. Um, yes. So, so that's the biggest advice is, is to do as much as you can on your own and build as much as you can. And then you, you may get to a point where somebody is, is able to help you kind of take it over the finish line or invest more in, in you. But I think a lot of times people are waiting for that big entity to come in in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unrealistic a lot of times because they want to bet on a sure thing. And, and a lot of times, you know, big organizations, uh, you know, angel investors, like, they want to, you know, bet on the horse that's already halfway to the finish line or, you know, three quarters of the way. Mm-hmm. They're not usually, from my experience, um, interested in betting on, you know, the start of the race unless that's uh, <laughs> you, uh, you have a serious track record. Right. I, you know, even beyond creatives and, and the entertainment industry, you're setting realistic goals. And I love how you said finishing something because when I got my dissertation, there's people talk about when you get your PhD, not when you get your dissertation, when you get your PhD, there's a lot of people who are stuck in, they call it ABD, all but dissertation, because the dissertation is all up to you. There's no guideline, not there's guidelines, but there's no set deadlines. And so that's why a lot of people fall off. Because to your point, they don't finish it. They don't yeah. have those guidelines. They don't set the realistic goals. It's so overwhelming that it you is. just don't do it, <laughs> right? You just don't do it then. You're like, oh, the classes were good because classes told me, finish by Sunday, finish this by the next week. And then if you didn't finish it, you're in trouble. You didn't pass the class, but dissertation's not like that. And so, so many things, to your point, is just in entertainment and business and academics you have to set those realistic goals, finish something. And then I love how you talked about just keep creating. If you're a writer, if you're a chef, if you're a business person with some entrepreneurial ideas, keep working it, keep doing it. Cause you don't know who you're going to talk to, who you're going to connect with. And you just need to keep that, those creative juices flowing. But Kelly, I don't know. 
Kelly and I, we set realistic goals at times and then other times we absolutely not, Nick. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's okay. You know, I think me too. I mean, I, uh, you know, I think sometimes, you know, there, there's a certain amount of, you know, plate spinning that, that goes into creating anything or <laughs> starting mm-hmm. something where you're like, oh, well, you know, that, that's not my number anymore. Yeah, yeah, I got a new idea over here, you know, and so I think you got to be... Uh, somewhat okay with that, 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 you know, you have shoot for the moon and then, you know, be like, Hey, you know, maybe actually this year, uh, you know, this is a more realistic or, you know, I, I think that that's okay. I, yeah. I love, I will say Kelly and I love to set really big goals for revenue every year and just be like, why not? But then we also <laughs> yeah. have the side. Then we also have the, okay, this is probably the realistic one. <laughs> But we always set the really high ones. So Kelly, I don't know what you're writing down our our realistic goals for the year since it's the start of the year. (laughs) Well, I think, Nick, you've inspired in many ways, one of which is just your vulnerability in being very transparent about what you know, what you don't know, and then Mm -hmm. not being afraid to go out and finding the information you need to be successful Um, and understanding yourself enough to know this is what my true passion is. Sometimes people stifle their passion because it may not fall in line with what mainstream thinks I should be doing. And so sometimes people don't necessarily follow their passion until it's not too late, but until they've gone through so many other things that they, you know, wish they would have been able to do things differently. So I think what you, what you offer is a really, uh, a beautiful vulnerability, um, in, in showcasing, look, I have a lot of things that I may not have, but I know, I know I have a lot of other qualities that people don't even know I have. And so I'm going to put that together to bring awareness to, for example, the disability film challenge, which by the way, those films were so powerful. I mean, I was crying, I think in the second one, um, (laughs) I mean, they cover topics that the average person who isn't exposed to that on a regular basis wouldn't necessarily believe. Um, there was a beautiful one about a woman who had lost a limb and had to fight with insurance, which insurance on its own is a, is a nightmare. But imagine now being someone who has who has that extra layer of trying to fight for what she needs to survive and live in life. Um, and then there was a beautiful one about um, a, a woman with autism who directed her own film. I mean, it was just absolutely brilliant what you've been able to put together and allow for people like myself to become more aware of the world around us and how we can um, be uplifted and also choose to help and inspire others. So I love I love what you have done um, with the Easter Seals Disability Film Challenge. I feel honored to have been able to, you know, work with our good friend Madeline Borkin um, on submitting. Shout um, out to Madeline. Uh, shout yeah, out to Madeline. Madeline. She's the ultimate connector, as I imagine you are too, Nick. She's Mm -hmm. a network extraordinaire. So um, it's just, I think you've given people, you've breathed new life into dreams for people who think, oh, that's silly or that's ridiculous or my parents would never go for that. You know, being able to be true to yourself and living your best life is what it's all about. And so I appreciate you taking the time to share with us your story um, and your inspiration. I know that people will want to, um, connect with you. And so we'll put Nick's information in our show notes so that you have easy access. And again, Nick, thank you so, so much for making your story a part of our podcast. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, I encourage everybody to go to disabilityfilmchallenge.com 
to learn about the film challenge. You could also follow me at Nick Novicki uh, on all social media and at Disability Film Challenge on all social media. So I hope to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, you guys are amazing, and, and this is a great platform. And just so cool to be able to talk about, uh, you know, from a PR standpoint, what, what everything means. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we're all learning from each other. So if anybody has all the answers, uh, run, because usually they're <laughs> not right. <laughs> <laughs> or you're not open to learning new things. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Nick. And again, I'll include all of Nick's information, including um, the links to Disability Film Challenge. Um, and his um, social media in our show notes for easy access for our for our listeners. Again, thank you so much, Nick. We're we're so pleased and um, honored that you were able to join us today. Oh, thank you. The honor is mine. Thank you for listening to the Recharge Your Life podcast. Please sign up for our newsletter at abracigroup.com and follow us on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn at Abraci Group, Instagram at Warriors of HR and Twitter at Warriors underscore HR. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and please tell a friend. And be sure to drop us a note on how you are recharging your life. We can't wait to hear from you.